When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome in to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm National Recruiting Analyst, joined as always by 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins. And I'm going to get an early plug, Andrew, but if you listen to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, make sure you leave a review. If you have a question, leave a review as well. You can find the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast wherever you find your podcast on Spotify and on Apple as well, Drew, great episode yesterday, getting back into the saddle. I'm bouncing back from the bachelor party. We got the 2025 rankings expanding from the top 100 to 247. A little bit later today, we're not going to talk about that, though. It's spring ball, so there's football being played as we speak. But before we get into that, Drew, I got to get a vibe check from you. How are you doing this morning, my man? I'm doing I'm doing good. Um, Fort Lauderdale and the surrounding metros dealing with a gas crisis. Um, so I had to take the wife's car into the gym this morning and, and fill it up. Um, <laughs> the flooding down here, I guess, has created this like panic buying. Uh, might have to take a train today up to Boca Raton. So um, your boy just going public public transportation to avoid uh, the gas shortages. I'll tell you what, Fort Lottie last <laughs> week. A lot of Gotham City vibes. <laughs> I did not expect. You know what's funny? I saw that come across on my on my Instagram feed. Something about these gas tankers being protected by like law enforcement in Florida. Yeah. And I really didn't. I couldn't put two and two together. I didn't understand what was going on. Is is that what it is? Yeah, I guess they like escort them to gas stations. And I, I don't know. I was reading a story this morning. And it said like this might last for a few more weeks, and I'm like, how? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Crazy times we're living in, 2023, baby. All right, hey, let's uh, let's talk a little bit of spring ball. I got to give you a ton of credit. The last two days, you've been carrying the weight with the outline spring ball. And guess what? When you got a network at 24/7 Sports, sometimes you got to tap into it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I want to say. So the idea behind today's podcast is kind of like a. Steal, steal a term from Steve Wilfong here, like a whip around, right? A bunch of spring games played last weekend, a lot on Saturday, some on Thursday, some on Friday. I think someone's got a spring game this Thursday as well. I think Illinois maybe. Uh, and then there's a bunch this upcoming Saturday, the 22nd, Colorado, Alabama. Um, and uh, UCLA doesn't start spring football till, or, or they just started, just, just crazy timelines. But the idea is, hey, uh, early enrollees around the country, you know, who are some freshmen guys that we just covered, guys that we just ranked that maybe stood out in these respective games. And we did tap into the 24-7 Sports Network. So a ton of credit to our, our team uh, and partners around the country. It made this story easy to put together. So all those, all the credit, I mean, if we don't say those people's names, I mean, uh, you know, we don't give them a direct shout out. Thank you. Uh, this wouldn't have been possible. A, 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 PB, a, a message went out on Slack and a, a ton of people responded to our editor, Trey Scott. So uh, thank you everyone in the network. And uh, I'm fired up to talk about this Cooper. I think it's a fun topic. All right, let's start with our friend, Anna Adams, who is over at the Clemson site working really hard over there. And let's talk about one of the, I would say one of the most impressionable freshmen so far who has not even played a down yet at Clemson, but a lot of expectations. And that's a guy in four-star defensive lineman, Peter Woods kind of stole the show at Clemson spring game. I mean, this is a guy, early enrollee, seven tackles, one tackle for loss, had a sack, had a block extra point. He's all over the place. Dabo Sweeney said earlier this spring, Peter Woods has no weaknesses. I think he can play anywhere, literally. I think he can play end. I think he can play five technique. I think he can play three technique. I think he can play nose. Mentally, he's ready for that. That's not a surprise. Andrew, I think we knew that this was going to be one of the most physically equipped and mentally equipped 
players in the country when it came to freshmen. We've seen that throughout his time at Thompson in Alabama. We saw that at the Alabama-Mississippi game in Mobile late in the year last year. Peter Woods is going to be a guy that's going to make a day one impact for Clemson. I mean, we can't ignore the elephant in the room, right? This is probably <laughs> the most debated player, one of. I, I'd love to get your opinion on this, but certainly for me, and a guy that falls within my region, one of the most debated players in the country. And a lot of people out there might be saying, hey, you're overthinking it. Really, when it came down to Peter Woods, to tie this all together, our job is to project these players to Sunday. We, we say that, and we have to overemphasize that because I want that to be very clear. So it's our best educated guess from anywhere three to five years from now, once these players realize their full potential, what is the highest ceiling that they could reach when it comes to an NFL draft selection? For us, we had Peter Woods ranked as the number 59 player in the country. If you're not familiar with the NFL draft, it is the back end of the second round. Or really what it came down to with Peter Woods is how high is that ceiling? He's already a player right now that's turning a lot of heads. Clemson, as we talked about, is expecting him to have a day one impact over the next three to four years. Are we expecting that ceiling continue to ascend? And even if it doesn't, is Peter Woods such an elite talent that the player that you see right now at 18 years old, three years from now, maybe that doesn't even matter, right? Maybe that's still good enough. So that is and was a lot of the conversation that surrounded Peter Woods when he came out from Alabaster. I'll say this, and I've said it multiple times. He's an elite talent. He's going to be successful. He's going to be an exceptional player. Where you see him in terms of three to four years down the road, that's where the water gets muddied a little bit. Other than that, I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him. He had seven tackles, a sack, and he blocked an extra point. <laughs> I put this one to lead it off because I know it's one that uh, doesn't keep you up at night, right? But this is a, a kid we will track closely uh, over the next few years. And I just remember Peter Woods from the Under Armour All-America game. I just pulled up the story I wrote, um, and I, you know, I tagged him as the guy that had the most energy. I, I called him a spark plug in the middle, you know, the type of, of, of point of attack player that every defensive coordinator is going to want because he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And, you know, he was excellent in that Under Armour All-America game there in Orlando. He was excellent during practices. So to me, this is not surprising that he shows up and makes an impact right away at, at Clemson. And he's probably going to be on some some true freshman All-American lists. Uh, you, you mentioned, I think the big sticking point with us was was the arm length, right? You know, he doesn't have the longest of arms. And I think you got to keep an eye on what happens here in this upcoming NFL draft. Next week, Kalaj Kansi, uh, defensive lineman out of Pittsburgh, a, li a little bit undersized, kind of a different player than uh, Peter Woods. They're built different, but um, you know they they both can bring some juice up the middle. And if you listen to the NFL draft pundits and our guys like Lance Zierlein, you, you know they they say Kansi's uh, probably going to go higher than a lot of people think and I remember Cancy coming out of, of of high school down here in Miami Northwestern and you know Miami took a hard look at him um, but they they thought he was too small and uh, now he could potentially go in the first round so not surprised to see Peter Woods shine for Clemson and they they're going to need help I mean he's going to have a there's a runway there for playing time early on given what they've lost uh, up front uh, following that 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 2022 campaign so He's going to be a name to know. He's he's there's he's going to be on a lot of like watch lists, and he's going to be I don't know. Should we call our shot now? Probably on the like twenty four seven sports midseason true freshman All American team. Well, you said it. I mean, he's he's built to play early, and like I said, none of, none of this is a negative. I mean, you, you're talking about Clemson. That was a room that they had to recruit really well. And they did this season and they did. They did a great job. And we're, we're going to talk about a few other names here at the defensive line. Nick Eason, we talk about him, the defensive line coach at Clemson, the job that he's done. Peter Woods figures to be a big part of that. Drew, I never really talk about this a lot because it really didn't have anything to do with us. But I do think in this instance, it gives us the full scope. 
And I want to take a look at our peers here when it comes to Peter Woods. On three had Peter Woods ranked as the 75th player in the country. ESPN had him ranked as the fourth. Rivals, 15, 24-7 sports at 59. So you see the full scope of Peter Woods, the, the range. I mean, it goes as high as four, as low as 75. We're right there kind of in the middle towards the back end. And then you have another one right there inside the top 20 at 19. Can I say something? I think he'll fit in somewhere between 19 and 59. Yeah. <laughs> you're you know? look, looking into a crystal ball over there. Right. If 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 I had to figure it out, I mean, I, I think you're right. I mean, like the ceiling for him to me, crazy to even say this, but let's just say that he bypasses all expectations. Position versatile, explosive, heavy hands, disruptor, hate even using this. But, you know, the comp is going to be like, okay, Aaron Donald. Right. But that's the exception of the rule. He's the outlier. He's the outlier. So I think when we take a step back and take a little bit more of an analytical approach, maybe to use a golf analogy, we laid up a little bit. We weren't <laughs> as aggressive. And that was me. Okay. Like, let me, let me uh, just go on we, the record. We were playing the new 13 at Augusta. <laughs> 100%. You know, that was me. All right. Another guy well, that we more. didn't, that we didn't lay it up on. Tamarian Parker. We liked him a lot. And a lot of that had to do with Tamarian Parker. Drew, to pull the curtain back a little bit, I kind of felt like a one man band on him until San Antonio. Yeah, I was all in. After San Antonio, correct? Yep. 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 Tamarian Parker shows up. Same state as Peter Woods, by the way. The yeah, no, fact that now I remember it because I showed up right. I showed up midweek and I missed the joint practice for, for the All-American Bowl because I was on a Frontier flight and they decided as we taxied down the runway to, to cancel the flight. I couldn't get a flight in for that joint practice. But then you were in the radio booth Saturday of the game and I was down on the field and that was my first time seeing Tamarian Parker in person. I was like, I think the text message was like, holy shit. Like, I'll tell you this, uh, off-roading here. We need to find an airline that can be a friend of the show. <laughs> For you, I believe Southwest, not in a great spot. Frontier, you just said. Did you have any issues with United either? No, I'm, I'm not. I'm a, I'm a Delta guy. Delta makes sense until it doesn't, right? right so right now, right. Delta's, Delta's in the clear. United, American Airline in the clear. All right, let's go back. But yes, Tamari and Parker had some holy... Holy bleep to him when you saw him in San Antonio. But another guy from the state of Alabama that Clemson goes in, let's just call it, you know me, I like to call if it's in your state, it's your backyard, goes into Nick Saban's backyard, and they pull Peter Woods and Tamarion Parker, and these are two guys that I think can help immediately. Yeah, and you, don't forget Tamarion Parker, one-time Penn State commit. For only a couple weeks, right? Yeah, if but, even, but he was, he was committed to Penn state. He was committed to Penn state. I remember I had someone reached out that was working the beat for Penn state. And they asked me is like, does this open kind of like a, a little bit of a pathway to Alabama for Penn state? And at the time you got to remember to Nelson as well. Those were two really highly coveted players. I thought, Hey, this does make some sense. As long as Brian Harson was in the seat at Auburn, I thought Penn State was going to have a pathway. Alabama can't take everybody. All right, Tamarian Parker, Peter Woods, we've talked about them. Another guy that flashed, Stephylin Green. Another, another evaluation another that yeah. was another SEC defensive lineman out of the state of Georgia. Another one that wasn't – add some context to this for me. This wasn't like the the easiest evaluation. Yeah, I think there was a lot of lack of – data points outside the film on him right never never got third party measurements there was never any testing um yeah no that that that's one where it was like you like it but you wish there was more to like justify what you see 100 percent. all right so peter woods tamarian parker stephylin green a lot of other cats there too at, at, at clemson 
yeah, I want to bring up one more. Um, you know, uh, Khalil Barnes was a, a late flip for Clemson kid. They they flipped from um, Wake Forest. Remember, Notre Dame was involved in that recruitment. He finishes the number thirty athlete for us. He, he sealed the deal in that spring game. I think with a twenty-two yard pick six. I think you know the reason I put him on here is love the profile. I mean, it was a guy that was a two-way player and. I think he was a sophomore or junior tore his ACL. And I think he's a good example of kind of like the rankings process, right? We got the 2025 rankings coming out on Wednesday. Um, you know, and I have these conversations with with different people, uh, it, it, high school coaches, trainers and all that stuff. And I'm like, man, like, calm down. Like we, you know, the rankings have a ways to go. Guys are going to have big senior seasons. Guys are going to develop physically. And like Khalil Barnes is a, is a, is a clear cut example of that to me. Like, he wasn't on anyone's radar, you know, 12 months before signing day. And then late in the process, a good early eval by Wake Forest and then Notre Dame and Clemson come calling. And I, I, I just think he serves as a reminder that this is a process, right? Guys get better. Guys, you know, get faster. Guys get longer. I mean, they are young, you know, teenagers. And uh, not that, that's why I stuck him on here. But it, it, he was another guy on that defensive side of the ball that, made an impact for the Tigers in that spring game. Khalil Barnes, add him to the list. Christopher Vizina, Drew, three of nine for nine yards, two interceptions. This is a guy out of Briarwood Christian in Birmingham, very familiar with. Got to see him multiple times throughout his high school career. We got to see him a little bit in San Antonio before he had to hang it up with an injury and sit that out in, uh, out of an abundance of caution, I would say. But CV, I, I when it when, when it comes to Christopher Vizina, no doubt in my mind he is made up of the right stuff between the ears. The development and the learning curve for him, I think, is going to be a little bit steeper than we initially thought, which had to do with really the drop late in the process. This is a guy that we were, I think it's fair to say, pretty hot and cold on. It was kind of a little bit of a roller coaster when it came to the rankings. At 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 times you thought. Hey, maybe this is a cat with the physical clay and with the flashes of some of these games. Hey, maybe he could sneak his way into the top 32. That doesn't end up being the case with Bazina. But I think they know they got a, a little bit more of a slow burn on their hands with Garrett Riley and Dabo Sweeney. And I, I'm still a believer in this kid. I think he needs the tutelage and he needs the time to develop. And right now he's in a really healthy situation being able to sit behind a guy like Kate Klubnik, who from a maturity standpoint and from the way he handles himself is light years ahead a lot of his peers. So I, I think this there's still a lot. That I, listen, it's his first spring. He's supposed to be a senior in high school, right? So we're not going to overreact to this. But I do think there is a ways to go for, for Vizina. Before we, my question here, before we move on from Clemson, does his performance in the spring game, and again, right, you know, it is a spring game. He's been there for 15 practices, um, you know, trying not to read too much into any of these we talk about because I don't think you you should. There's always spring game all-stars that end up doing nothing in the fall when it, when it matters. Um, but do you think that type of performance puts more pressure on Clemson here in the 2024 cycle to get a arm committed, right? They have been involved with a lot of guys and have finished second, third, fourth at the altar, right? Aaron Oland, um, Walker White, you know, they're still looking for an arm. If I had to guess, I, I think Dabo Sweeney would tell you, hey, we feel really confident in our quarterback room. I think that has more to do with Kate Klubnick than it does Vizina, though. I mean, you still have two years of eligibility in Kate Klubnick. So that's important to remember. But I think you're absolutely right. To me, Clemson, along with Ohio State, they're not in the same conversation. They should be one of the best quarterback recruiting programs in the country. I mean, you, you look at what they've done at that position. It's pretty remarkable. I mean, you go to back to Deshaun Watson. You go to Trevor Lawrence. Before that, you could go to Taj Boyd, right? They've, they've, they've done really well at that position under Dabo Sweeney, not to mention DJU, who I who I still have confidence in uh, as he's going on a redemption tour at Oregon State. So 
No, I, I, I'm not hitting the panic button. You know the other part, Drew? Like, we're going to talk about this next guy here in a few minutes. But if you were to go back and assess Malik Murphy a year from now, or excuse me, a year ago, I mean, what would your thoughts uh, would have been at that point? Right? And then you look a year later, and Malik Murphy is generating a lot of buzz. The confidence, the repetition, the continuity within the system, all those things matter when it comes to a young quarterback. And we're going to talk about that a little bit with Arch Manning uh, here in a minute as well. So, Drew, any final thoughts on Clemson before we move forward? 20 no. minutes on Clemson. I Not know. what I expected. I know. I know. We got we to gotta breeze through this. Pick up the up, up, up tempo. No huddle. We can up the tempo, but I like this conversation. No, it, it was, was good, good stuff. It was good. It was good. Okay. Ohio State. Carnell Tate. Zone six. You know what's funny? I was watching a little bit of them this morning. It's like, and I forgot all, all about these guys. There's like a class of receivers I forgot about. <laughs> like Kion Grays, Caleb Brown. You're like, wait, I man, they are loaded across the board. And then you think about Carnell Tate. Three catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown. A lot of those yards coming on that touchdown from uh, Kyle McCord. But Tate, Drew, as you alluded to, one of the uh, the earliest freshmen to lose his black stripe. Can you explain that to the listeners out there who aren't familiar with Ohio State and, and what that means? Well, I'm not. not <laughs> You're not as familiar with it? No, I am. But, like, you know, there's going to be someone that's like, no, he's wrong. I mean, that started at Florida, correct, when Urban Meyer was there, right? And once you – prove yourself on on the practice field that they removed the stripe and urban carried that over to ohio state and ryan day has kept it and it's kind of like I isn't prime trying to do the same thing at colorado have you have you seen what's going on out there the only the only thing i've heard about prime at colorado has been with the numbers yeah so here's my question and i've had this with i've ran this by a few different people so you, you look at the photos of them practicing right and like legit, they don't practice with numbers. Like, how do you watch film? It's a great question. Like, that just seems like the video coordinator is like, yeah, what am I doing here? It's a great question. Or like being an analyst or a GA, I'd be like, no. <laughs> <laughs> For him, it's probably worth like, hey, you know what? We'll figure that part out. Sure, maybe it takes a little bit more time on the back end. But right now, this is about building the right culture. And if you're at Colorado and you're Deion Sanders that culture needs to be flipped on its head, right? Like these guys need to learn how to win. Um, so different challenge there. All right. It, regardless, Cornell Tate, Andrew, I think we feel felt pretty confident that this was going to be one of the more day one ready receivers in all of the country. One of the highest rated receivers in all of the country as well. I, listen, I, if it was any other room, I, I, I would say this guy's in a position to really, really do some special things in year one i don't know what that room's going to look like i still think he's going to be a hard guy to keep off the field yeah and ohio state was without a ton of offensive stars right they were held out of the spring game but it was an opportunity for for tate to turn some heads and he did just that and <laughs> i think the theme with a lot of these guys we're going to talk about is like all right they were also good in the all-star game setting and i you know when we talk about Ohio State, you, you mentioned forgetting that or, you know, you kind of block out what they did in the 22 cycle. But in 2023, man, we debated back and forth how to stack Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis and, and Noah Rogers. And, and Brandon Ennis couldn't enroll early um, just with his school down there in Fort Lauderdale. Carnell Tate comes from IMG Academy. He can go on campus. So, I you know, I guess in the debate right now, he's he's number one. And that's how we had him ranked as, as those three, right? Number 22 overall for us. So, you know, I, I just thought it was worth mentioning that that he did that. And, uh, you know, we might not have our answer on Carnell Tate for a few more years. But if you're a Buckeyes fan, you got to be encouraged by that. And and again, they're reloading here in 2024, right? Um, you know, Jeremiah Smith, Max LeBlanc. Um, Mylon Graham, like just just the perimeter skill talent there in Columbus is is insane. It's not only an accumulation of talent at the receiver position. I don't know why this thought just popped into my head. They get players at the receiver position that know how to play the game. 
Like all these guys are super nuanced. Carnell Tate, when it comes to initial quickness separation off the line of scrimmage and at the top of the route, I mean, this is a guy that inherently knows how to attack leverage. The toughness and dependability of a Brandon Ennis who also played quarterback the majority of his junior season. I mean, it's not like these guys are just have one or two traits when it comes to athleticism or speed. Jackson Smith and the Jigba was the same way. I mean, these are guys that truly understand how to play the position, which is one of the reasons why I think these guys translate immediately to the next level for Brian Hartline and Ryan Day. So Ohio State. Last thing on Tate, I, yeah, I just looked at what I wrote for his scouting report. I'm like, savvy route runner, you know, not a burner, but can build up speed, you know, good at pretty much everything. Is he great at one thing? Yeah, I, I think you nailed it on his head. And another lasting memory of Carnell Tate, like, played his best game I thought ever uh, against St. Francis in the cold, right? You know, it's going to be cold at Ohio State. Um, so, you know, he was one of my favorites, and that was debated heavily behind the scenes a lot. I'm glad we stayed true to his ranking at the end of the day. And there was a lot there was a lot of juggling there. But some guys like that who start high early in the process. You overevaluate. There's prospect fatigue. Yep. Right? Somebody, I think Emory Hunt, who works for CBS Sports, one of our NFL draft analysts, he was talking about that with Will Anderson. So we don't talk about him because we're just tired of talking about him. Yeah. Right. We, we'd rather talk about one of these quarterbacks like Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, but this guy's an elite player. So that's how we feel about Carnell Tate as well. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24 7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. All right, Drew, for our South Florida fans, and by South Florida fans, I mean Miami fans, 2023, very talented class. Safe to say, the foundational class for Mario Cristobal. In the Miami Hurricanes, Reuben Bain. Reuben Bain. A lot of people are fired up about Reuben Bain. Drew, I think Peter Woods to me is what Reuben Bain is to you. Does that make sense? Not to the same degree, but situationally. And like right. what I what I what I mean by that is there's a lot of people, whether you're a Miami fan or not, that are very strong believers in Reuben Bain. Hurricane Bain, man. I mean, I, I don't think we've ever said Ruben Bain is a bad player. <laughs> no, that that has never been said. Um, well, let's get started on him. Three sacks. He worked at edge. That was a conversation. Would we see him standing up? Would we see him playing with his hand in the ground? I mean, this is a guy that was born to get after the quarterback. So Ruben Bain, a name to know there for Miami. I think we fully expected him to have an impact early. If you're yeah. a fan of the show and you listen to the interview with Mario Cristobal and the Miami Hurricanes, that's no surprise. They're 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 are they are ready to lean on Ruben Bain. I mean, this is a guy that they fully expect to be a part of their plans in 2023. I mean, 29 and a half sacks as a uh, was it as a junior? And um, you know, I, I think with with Bain, it was kind of like all right, he's he's a bit of a tweener, right? And you read what what the guys at Inside the U said and. You look at the clips, you know, they, they used Ruben Bain as as an edge player. And I think the player comp we came up with, with for him is Melvin Ingram, right? Another just kind of like shorter edge um, that's brute, full of <laughs> brute force. Yeah, brute force that's full of power that that can get home. And who knows what, what the future holds for Bain in terms of like, does he eventually kind of move inside? But um, he uh, got it done in, in Miami-Dade County, right? That was a, a massive win for the Hurricanes, and they need help uh, up front. And I think you also got to point out, talked about him on the last podcast, you know, he's working working with Jason Taylor there in, in Coral Gables, one of, the, one of the best of all time. So um, I, I just like with Peter Woods, I, I think Ruben Bain is probably going to have a big role um, and have a chance to make an impact there in, in 2023. I think it would be safe to say, like, if, if you were betting on this, and maybe this would be insider trading, but if you were going to do a midseason 24-7 sports freshman All-American team, I'd be putting my money down on Ruben Bain and Peter Woods right now. Yeah. Okay, so we both agree there. All right, on the flip side, offensively, 
This Miami. Is, I think this is notable, right? We notable. talked about it. Yeah. For sure. Uh, Francis Malagoa, number two offensive tackle in the country, which is crazy. I mean, it says more about Caden Proctor than anything that he was able to, to fend off Francis Malagoa at the end of the day. Malagoa started at right tackle. He was promoted to the first team after the third practice. Drew, I think we, we saw this coming as quickly as it came. A little bit of a surprise, but not a shocker. No. I mean, when we had Mario on the podcast, what was that last month? I mean, he was raving about him and Samson Okanlola, the, the pancake honcho. Um, Miami is going to lean on on Francis Malagoa. I'm not surprised to see him there. I mean, getting him on campus was a big deal for them in, in terms of him enrolling early. His brother, who transferred in from Washington State as well, I guess had a big spring game uh, linebacker. Um but he, I mean, he's he's going to play as many snaps as he can, I think, this upcoming fall for the Hurricanes. Pancake Honcho, as you said, like when, when we thought about Okanlola and Mauagoa, this is kind of what we thought. Okanlola was like the prototypical elite foot body quickness left tackle. Not that Mauagoa could not play left tackle. But he was the ideal fit. The ideal fit would be Oklahoma on the left, Mauagoa on the right. And you think about that for Miami. I mean, think about having three years of those guys together. I'm going to say by midseason, Oklahoma is going to be in the starting lineup. Yeah, well, they got Zion Nelson there, who's, I don't know, what is he, like a sixth-year senior now, dealt with injuries. But, yeah, no, for, for sure. I guess it really depends on kind of – how how the season goes for Miami, right? It, you know, is do they go full on youth movement at some point? Um, but no, it, 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 I, I'm glad you brought up like this is kind of how we saw it, right? We we said Malagoa probably right tackle, Okanlola probably the left tackle, and 15 practices in that you know that's where they're both situated. I also think that Malagoa you could easily move inside the guard if you needed to. And Mario Cristobal, Alex Mirabal, they like to shuffle things a lot. They also like to rotate a lot of guys. I mean, they go about seven deep at offensive line. That's how they are. They're kind of like an NBA playoff team. They have like an eight-man rotation when it comes to their offensive line. So I expect both those guys uh, to see the field. Definitely Mauagoa, Okanlola, another name as well. Nathaniel Joseph, 80-yard catch and run touchdown. I mean, he's he's a spark play. He's a he's a chunk play waiting to happen, right? Saw a little bit of it in the All American Bowl uh, from Miami Edison High School, and, and remember, Miami's going to a more spread offense with Shannon Dawson there. He comes in from Houston, right? At Houston, he had Tank Dell. That's a name that's going to be called next week in the NFL Draft. Tank Dell um, is five eight, one hundred and sixty pounds, soaking wet. Um, very similar measurables to, to Ray Ray Joseph. And yeah, yeah, you know, he, he, he razzled and dazzled his way to a touchdown. And I think you, you know, he could potentially kind of work his way into the rotation for the hurricanes. And that's what they need. They need guys that, you know, can, can turn what should be a five yard gain into a, a, a first down. I'm excited about him. He, he's a, he's a big play waiting to happen. He's five foot eight. A lot of people are going to talk about the size, but I think the utility is going to be hard to keep off the field. Miami needs that. They need explosive plays in the passing game. So Miami right now, listen, if you're a Miami fan, these young guys are going to play early. You need them to play early, but they're super, super talented from Ruben Bain to Malagoda, Okanlola to Ray Ray Joseph. And there is a handful of other names that we did not get to as well. Now to the SEC in a Future year from now, <laughs> uh, still the Big 12. But Texas, Texas kind of stole the headlines, I, I, I would think, from a spring game perspective. You knew this was going to happen. This was Arch Manning's debut. But before we get to Arch Manning, I mean, let's talk about the other two guys, right? Because on, on a performance-based evaluation, that's who we should be talking about. Quinn Ewers, quarterback one. Steve Sarkeesian said it himself. After 16 to 23, 195 yards and a touchdown. Going back, I'm still working through the tape this morning. It's a spring game, right? You, you got to take it with a little bit of salt. But he looked crisp. 
and he looked a lot more confident. The guy to me, Andrew, that I was like, okay, Malik Murphy, 9 of 13, 165 yards, touchdown to Jontae Cook. We'll talk about him in a minute. He looked comfortable, and Malik Murphy is interesting because this is a guy that we went, I don't want to say back and forth on, but there was a lot of internal dialogue. Does he even finish in the top 247? And really what won out at the end of the day was, listen, this guy's physical attributes are elite. There's a lot to be desired in terms of the maturation that needs to take place at the quarterback position, him learning, understanding the position. But when you take into consideration he was going to go to a room where he was more than likely going to sit behind Ewers for a few years, then have the opportunity to battle it out with the likes of a guy like Arch Manning, I mean, you see the difference from year one to, to year two. And Sarkeesian talked about this, talked about how COVID was a big factor in, in, in terms of limiting reps for Malik Murphy. So that this first full offseason was really critical for him. And, and to me, if you're a Texas fan, you come away from that. And I don't know if you're – it's a little dose of reality. Maybe Arch Manning is not ready to even be the backup option right now. Yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But it does have to give you a lot of comfort seeing what you saw from Malik Murphy. I just go back to the, uh, what year would that have been? 2021 Elite 11 Finals. And Murphy, I mean, Looking back at this class, and we still have a ways to go, but what a loaded group of quarterbacks. Quinn Ewers, Kate Klubnick, Connor Wegman, um, Drew Aller, Walker Howard, Devin Brown. Um, you know, some of these guys are further along than others. AJ Swan, the kid at Vandy. I, I just remember Murphy had the biggest cannon of the bunch, which is is notable at the Elite Eleven finals, right? Like that's the collection of the top quarterbacks and um, yeah, it's surprising to see his performance because I, I talked with some people in and around Austin and they, they said that Arch Manning had kind of exceeded expectations a little bit and, and was pushing Quinn Ewers. And then Murphy comes out here and, and, and steals the headlines. And to me, what my instant thought is like, all right, like if Malik wanted to test the waters, you know, check out what's out there in, in the portal, he would be the most coveted name, right? Like he could, I mean pick a school around the country that has quarterback issues. And I think Malik Murphy would, uh, would be at the top of the board for them. Um, but if, if you're Sark, like, man, the situation kind of sets up perfect, right? You know, we'll see what Quinn does this year. He, he decides to leave early. Then it's, it's Malik versus, versus Arch, right? It'd be interesting to see what happens. Cause to me, Quinn Ewers would have to play in an elite level right. for him to think about dipping his toes into to NFL draft waters. So how does that play out? Does Malik Murphy wait another year? What does Arch Manning do? And for those of you wondering that didn't watch the Texas spring game, Arch Manning, 5 of 13, 30 yards. Nothing to write home about. But you turn on the tape, and it's like, <laughs> it's where we're at. I went back and I watched Nico. Emilieva's tape as well from Tennessee. I thought he did some more, some more things on there that would say, okay, that's kind of what the number one quarterback in the country looks like. That being said, I mean this is a early takeaway and a early overreaction. That's that's what we're doing. And Drew, you wrote on here, time time to panic with Arch. Let me be very clear and definitive on that. And I think you're just setting up a question. That's not what you're saying. No, absolutely not. To me, this is what I expected. Arch Manning is undergoing the acclimation of playing very small and low-level competition in New Orleans, Louisiana at Isidore Newman. So the good thing for Arch Manning is he's going to play with elite playmakers like Xavier Worthy, Jontae Cook, DeAndre Moore, Jatavion Sanders, Cedric Baxter Jr., Jadon Blue, so on and so forth. That's the positive. The speed of the game for him, that's where the acclimation is going to be. 
Arch Manning needs a year. He needs a year. No issue in saying that whatsoever. And I'm still a very strong believer in him and his upside that this is going to be a guy that's going to continue to get better and better with every rep that he takes. He needs reps, and he needs a year, and he needs a year in that system, and he needs a year to slow it down. Yeah, I, I, my like initial write-down note watching it, you know, every one of his snaps from Saturday was like he just he didn't look comfortable in the pocket, right? Like the pressure, he never really set his feet much. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I don't know what unit offensive line was in front of him, but he just didn't 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 like you know hadn't seen that before. I, I guess in that type of setting, if you're going to knock Arch Manning, if there was a knock on him coming out, which there is, you could say at times his shot clock is a little bit sped up. Like you, you see the happy feet, you see the activity in the pocket. He can play a little bit faster than letting the play develop. Now, I think, like anything, that comes with experience and reps and comfort and knowing what you're doing and knowing where your second and your third and your fourth progression is. Texas quarterback situation, listen, it's delicate, but wow, if you're Steve Sarkeesian, you play those cards right. There's not a better quarterback situation in the country. I agree. I, I was I was wondering that, like, you know, we didn't set that up, but if you had to rank the quarterback rooms around the country, I would assume Texas is probably at the top, if not at the top. But I'm, again, shooting from the hips there. I mean, you got Caleb Williams, Malachi Nelson at USC. Um, just something I was thinking about. They will lose one of these guys. And it's not going to be Quinn Ewers. That will happen in the next year. In my opinion. I feel fairly confident saying that. Oof. So, Jonte Cook, before we uh, before we dish out on Texas, he's legit. Drew, you want to tell the people your comparison for him? <laughs> the Ant Antonio Brown one? I thought it was Diggs. No, that's not me. I, I, uh, Again, because I got this pulled up from the uh, the Under Armour All America game, um, just the week of practices we were handing out awards. I gave him best route runner. Um, I he I think he's just elite in that department. Catches the long touchdown, and what's also notable is I think behind the scenes a lot of what we debated was all right, like this guy's on the smaller side, right? 175 pounds is what he was listed at. I think he was under that. Uh, and, and then you read, you know, Mike Roach, uh, Hudson Standish, you know, they say he's up, he's added 20 pounds since he's been there. So he, he like Nathaniel Joseph, is is kind of a, a big play waiting to happen. And I, there was a smile on my face when, when he hauled that one in. And, and Coop, one more guy you got, you got to mention, because also on here, I wrote, I wrote this down for coming out of Under Armour Week, best program fit. Cedric Baxter to Texas, right? And you said when you you were watching the Texas spring game, watching the quarterbacks, your eyes kept going to the guy right next to him, the running back. He looks ready to roll. I'm glad you brought him up because I almost forgot about him because he wasn't on the script, but you and I were, were talking about it before we jumped on here. But interesting decision, interesting conversation at the end of the day. We made the switch late between Baxter Jr. and Ruben, Ruben Owens. Owens. <laughs> so a little bit of Texas, Texas A&M battle there. But really, at the end of the day, you're talking about a guy, six foot, what was Baxter? Hovering around 6'1 and change? 6'1, 215. 6'1 and change, 215 pounds, north-south runner. Love the vision with the combination and the suddenness. And then had the ability in terms of the long speed as well. So to me, when you watched Cedric Baxter Jr. in Texas's spring game, it, that did not look like a freshman. Like he, and I'm not even talking about physically. I'm talking about like the decisiveness and the way that he ran. I mean, he looks ready to play to me. And I think he's going to be a big part of what they're going to do in the ground game. And the other guy, if I'm Texas... I mean, we're not talking about this a lot, but 
Bijan Robinson, yes, exceptional playmaker, first round talent. Roshan Johnson is also another guy that is highly coveted in NFL circles. So you have that two-headed monster right there in the backfield. That's a lot of production missing for Texas. Jadon Blue did some things that made you say, okay, they got a little bit of thunder and lightning here. Those guys are very different players. But I think Cedric Baxter is going to be ready to roll. I've said this for a while. It reminded me of Cedric Benson. Yeah. A little bit different. But I'll tell you this, man. I He's ready to roll. Last thing on on Baxter, just because we, you know, we just did the 24 update. Now we're on to the 25 update. <laughs> He's got a one-on-one if you if you pair these like three classes together. Like there is not another Cedric Baxter like floating out there. At least we haven't found him yet. Or, you know, that person has not put it all together, right? We've been very conservative with the conservative with the backs since our group has has come together. And if you think about the guys that we've had in round one, we only had one, right, this past cycle. Baxter, yep. The year before, I believe we only had one. Nicholas Singleton. I have to double-check that, but I believe it's only no, one. You're right. So you think about that the last two years. I mean, that's that's the conversation that you're jumping in. You have to be a true difference maker. I'm, I'm, I'm ready – I'm ready to see more out of him. I'm I'm excited. That was kind of the one I, I went and I watched all the Quinn Ewer snaps. And for whatever reason, they had all the run plays in there as well, baked in. Cedric Baxter Jr. was a guy that you end up walking away from saying, okay, that's the guy that I'm pretty excited about. Worth worth the investment. For sure. If you have a fantasy league, college football, you need to jump on a guy. It's a dynasty league. That's my advice right there. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. All right, Drew, let's talk a little bit of tight ends. And you know what I like about this show, why I think it's running as long as it is? Because it's guys that I think we all really liked. And now we kind of see it coming to fruition a little bit, right? Yeah. And one of those guys that I would say you had a scouting crush on was Lawson Lucky, who ended up at Georgia. There were some conversations late whether or not he'd stick and whether he was going to go to Alabama. But he had a great... Uh, let's tone down the expectations as Kirby Smart. He had a very productive spring, spring game in oh, spring. Spring, and then he, I think he had one catch in the game. But it was- okay, productive spring. I'm going to read this quote that you put, uh, put on there from Kirby Smart to add a little bit of context. He's grown up a lot. He's getting mature quickly. He's not where he needs to be. I think he'll be the first to tell you he likes to consider himself a tough guy, and he's got a ways to go in order to be tough enough to be a physical blocker. He does have some savvy route running. He's got really good hands. He continues to improve, but he can't think he's all the way there. I love, man, I love that quote. I love that quote. It's like a pat on the back, but at the same time, like, don't get ahead of yourself. Yeah, Kirby, a wizard with words right there, right? That was some uh, that was some wizardry. Like, if I was lost and lucky and I read that, I'd say, what the hell is even that? I don't even know what to do with that. But this was a guy, Drew, that you called – Brock Bowers light. Yeah. And that's a heck of a compliment within itself. I think I'd put words in your mouth more so as a pass catcher than as a run blocker. And I think as Kirby smart alluded to, that's where he needs to improve the most. I'll tell you what, an embarrassment of riches. When you think about that tight end room, I, who, who else am I missing there? I mean, Bowers somehow still has another year to play Oscar Delp as well. And now you got Lawson Lucky and Pierce Sperlin, who Pierce Sperlin kind of won us over in San Antonio, right? So I love this get for 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 Georgia. And Drew, you said something to me that I think not a lot of people take into consideration with some of these guys that are maybe a little bit ahead of the curve in the spring. Lawson Lucky, how many practices did he have with the Bulldogs for their bowl game? I thought I read somewhere like 15. And I wanted to bring that up, right? Because we've talked about, all right, Peter Woods looked good in, at the All-American Bowl. Jonte Cook, right? Um, Ruben Bain flashed there. Um, but Lucky, 
I think he turned down an invite and just was like, all right, I'm going to help them prepare for the college football playoff. Um, and we're seeing more schools kind of like twist arms. And I, I, I remember like vividly at the Under Armour game, right? You show up and there's these media days and they have this list of players and it's like, I don't know. I think Georgia had like 12 guys invited and like, there was like four of them there. And, and Raylan Wilson is a guy that had, um, gone to bull practices, but then showed up in Orlando and in talking with him, or maybe it was someone else. They made it seem like Georgia was like, not a fan of this. Like they, they're trying to pressure you into being a part of the team instead of, you know, going to essentially kind of like a pro bowl type of atmosphere. Um, and I don't know who said this or, 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 or overheard it, but someone brought it up. It's like, all right, do you want to like walk with the team, you know, into the Peach Bowl uh, in practice? Or do you want to, you know, play on ESPN2 and for, for a high school game? So Lucky decided not to do any of the all-star stuff, shows up um, and, and is already creating buzz and number two tight end for us. I mean, we'll see how this all shakes out. But talked with Rusty Manziel, uh, you know, our dogs. 247 guy and I said Rusty you know what's what's the word and lost and lucky was the first guy that he brought up um I love I think I'm a tight ends guy like I I like scouting tight ends I, I like seeing you know because they're the freakiest freaks some of them and um you know felt good about Lawson excited to see what he can do this season they're incredibly underappreciated what I feel like and they're so valuable you you think about how valuable these tight ends are to any offense but especially what georgia wants to do with their power run game as well drew a couple other names we'll, we'll start to kind of speed it up here ethan davis at tennessee three catches 53 yards on saturday got hurt maybe it's a collarbone injury this is a guy that missed i think the majority of his senior season as well at collins hill so hopefully he's healthy but this is a dynamic cat that i think can be a big part of Tennessee's future in their offense, move him around. He's a bona fide pass catcher uh, in a mismatch option in the passing game. And then Luke has at Arkansas, another really, really intriguing evaluation, kind of the hybrid H-back move guy that you can move around. Arkansas has had a lot of success with these type of players. I would say tweener, but a really well-rounded skill set. Uh, as equally valuable as he is in the passing game, he is as an inline blocker as well. So um, only had one catch in the spring game, but a guy that was getting some run in the first team uh, throughout the spring. I stood on the table for Ethan Davis, right? Uh, kid out of Collins Hill High School, same school as uh, produced Travis Hunter. Um, and he missed his entire senior season. And uh, I was like, no, got to keep this guy in. Had legitimate D1 basketball offers um and he was at he headed to tennessee and saw him at the overtime ot7 event over the summer and it, you know i was like we're, we're keeping him up here and then he goes to tennessee like you said has a big spring game i guess the word talking with some of the guys that cover the vols is he might have broke his collarbone i don't know the recovery time on that i think you can come back you know by the by the season correct i mean it's obviously a setback but i thought he was going to be a potential weapon for whoever's playing quarterback for the volunteers over the next few seasons. Um, and, and fired up to see that with, with Luke Haas, another guy at the Under Armour all America game, right? Um, pass catcher, unique build, kind of built more like an H back, right? Um, Trey Biddy's the one that, uh, submitted him to us kind of go to guy at tight end. He said for the hogs, he did mention Cooper that like, he's going to have to improve as a blocker. You know, I think it's hard going from, high school to uh, life in the SEC, more specifically so at a, a program like Arkansas, which is a, a power smash mouth program. So I think he'll impact as a receiver. Blocking will come and follow. Um, but a, another one, all three of those guys in the SEC, you know, can have a chance. That's more of like, hey, I need 12 months to legitimately, legitimately be in an SEC weight room and nutritional program, right? I mean, from like a functional play strength in line. How I much? Think how much muscle milk can they pump into you? For sure. It is also pretty dramatic, the changes you can see physically in these guys from spring to fall. 
with a full off season under their belt and what they can do to their bodies. So little uh, little tidbits there on Tennessee and Arkansas. Drew, because we're short on time, I'm going to offer up a couple quick hitters. You kind of fill in where you want. But Arizona State quarterback battle, Drew Pine, 10-23, 170 yards, touchdown, a little bit of a mixed bag there. Uh, Tyson Forget. Yeah. 16 to 24, 121 yards, two touchdowns. Jaden Rashada, four star, four of eight, 25 yards and an INT. So there you have Arizona State, Kenny Dillingham, 32 year old head coach. I'm not sure what to expect out of, out of the I, Sun Devils year one. Well, Josh Pate called what like Texas AM the most interesting team in 2023. Like I think uh, Arizona State could be a, a runner up in that. Like what is this going to look like? Um, and I, I got to point out, uh, those stats came via someone on our Arizona State's uh, message board. They said, unofficial, I took my stab at it. So I, I meant to write down the guy's username. Thank you for getting those out there. Um, I thought Rashada was interesting. Tyson, who ended up playing a, a bunch of snaps for um, Arizona State last season. Actually, his brother also started at Western Michigan. No one's written this story, but I think that's the only two brothers that both started at the FBS level. He uh, he's a seven on seven offensive coordinator um, for the Tucson Turf. So I've met him, hung out with, you know, interacted with him. He's he's a good guy. But yeah, interested to see. And, and there were some positive reports about Jaden Rashada and him like kind of Christopher Vizina and kind of like uh, Nico or excuse me, Arch Manning, like, you know, look like high schoolers in, in, in those spring games. True. I'm going to do a fact check on you real quick. Is it Trenton Borget? Yeah, Western Michigan. Trenton, Trenton's at Western Michigan. Yep. Started. Okay. I have Trenton Borg at Arizona State. So we're going to go back. We're going to fact check that next episode. We'll lead off on the on the back end of the year. Oh, uh, so did I write the wrong name down here? Is that what I did? I think you did. I actually think it's Trenton Borg. At, we're, we got producer Lance Glenn on it. We'll, we'll get a final ruling here at the end of the show. Anyway, besides the point, we just want to make sure for our Arizona State listeners that there is there is two Borgette brothers. Both are FBS quarterbacks. There you go. There you and go. Both, That's what's both, important. Both names start with a T. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Penn State. Tony Rojas. Tony Rojas, top two four seven linebacker, led the blue and white game for the Nittany Lions with nine tackles, six solo. This was a guy that we were very excited about his ability to play sideline to sideline. He's kind of like the modern day four three weak side linebacker. And Drew, we knew he could run. Biggest question was, can he put on the weight? Tony Rojas has added 29 pounds since January. I think it's safe to say he had growth potential. Tony <laughs> Rojas, guy, we're excited about Penn State. Penn State, Drew, I think between us, team we're really excited about. Yeah. I just put him on there because you just mentioned it five minutes ago, like transformation guys can have. Uh, he was a big win for Manny Diaz, who returns as that defensive coordinator there for the, the Nittany Lions. We'll see if he gets in the lineup, but um, Arrow seems to be pointing up for him. We keep talking about what Penn State has done on offense. Nick Singleton, Drew Aller, the offensive lineman. Well, the defense is reloading as well. Time to talk about the homie. The homie. A lot of love for this guy between Andrew Ivins and Cooper Patagna right here. Creed Whitmore, Mississippi State, former Florida commit. He flips. To Mississippi State, Zach Arnett, Paul Jones oversees our Mississippi State site for us. Confident Whitmore will not redshirt. Assistant coach Chad Bumpus calls Whitmore a quote-unquote, and this is probably in one of our player evaluations, <laughs> quote-unquote football player. That's what he is. If you don't know anything about Creed Whitmore, Creed Whitmore, that's exactly what he is. He's a football player, a guy who played a lot of quarterback. Baseball background as well. Slot receiver, can play on the perimeter, gets it done in the return game. Whatever you need. I mean, Drew, we had a lot of conversation. We truly, like when it comes to the athlete label, you truly have to be like confused about, hey, where's this guy going to play at the next level? And Cree Whitmore is one of those guys where you could say safety, you could say receiver, you could say, hey, we're going to have a wildcat package for him. Special teams ace. Special teams ace, and it would all make sense. You know, it's kind of like he's like a souped up like Slade Bolden. I think that's, a, that's his comp on the profile. There you go. So, I, no, just 
I'm fired up about that because we had him as an outlier and who knows what's going to happen over the next few years. But to hear the assistant coach essentially say what we said every time in our rankings calls football player, football player, football player, um, you know, that that's pretty cool to see. So Creed Whitmore, like I said, if you're a dynasty fantasy guy, this is going to be a guy that's probably going to be around the football a lot. All right, Drew, another guy that you loved out of IMG Academy, Jordan Hall, the linebacker not from West Side, uh, Florida, a defensive lineman for the Georgia Bulldogs, but Georgia, excuse me, but Jordan Hall uh, playing his ball for Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Drew, another guy that uh, I don't think we're surprised already making a good impression in uh, East Lansing. Right. I don't know if he's going to be on the field in uh, this upcoming fall. I think Michigan State returns a bunch in the second level of that defense, but uh, I, I guess they had an open spring practice. I don't know if it was a scrimmage. I, I didn't dig too much into it but there was multiple stories about like all right like newcomers that impressed and jordan's hall's name was painted all over that um first line of the scouting report for me is like highly intelligent football player leader of the defense at img it seems like people that follow the spartans think he's going to be that and that was a uh a, a nice win for mel tucker at, at at the powerhouse that is img academy i mean florida made a run at Jordan Hall late. And I think if, I mean, this is firing from the hips a little bit, but I think if like Jordan Hall was at Florida, like he might be, you know, in the 2D pushing for, for playing time, you know, right away. So that, that was a big win for them. Uh, and a guy where it's like, all right, what we thought is kind of already lining up with what they're saying coming out of, uh, out of the football offices there in, in, in East Lansing. Is there a freshman that we've talked about that we didn't think was an ideal fit that's already showing out early in terms of uh, turning heads during the spring. I mean, every single one of these guys, I think that's so important. We talk about the F word fit all the time. Carnell Tate in zone six, right? We thought that was a match made in heaven. Peter Woods going to Clemson. We saw the path to the field. That's not just us. That's everybody. Miami with Ruben Bain, they needed a pass rusher. They also needed two two pass protectors and a, and a chunk guy, Nathaniel Joseph. Lawson Lucky at Georgia, Ethan Davis at Tennessee, Luke Haz at Arkansas. All of these guys, it's not just yeah, – yeah, they're very talented football players, but they fit the program to a T. And schematically, and each of these programs has a vision for these players. That's what gets me fired up. I, I I love that when these young guys play. But that being said, the programs identify the right way. They evaluate the right way. And the players at the end of the day, they make the right decision where to trust their future. And Jordan Hall with Michigan State, I mean, that guy was born to play in the Big Ten. Yeah. Lawson Lucky was born to play at Georgia. Ethan Davis at Tennessee. Luke has at Arkansas. Creed Whitmore. Goes to Mississippi State. He's gonna he's gonna see the field early, and they need him. I love it. I love it. I, I love the spring takes. All right, we got one more. Ruben Owens, former four star, nine touches, forty eight yards for Texas A and M in the spring game. Josh Pate said it as you alluded to earlier. Texas A and M, most interesting team in the country in two thousand twenty three. I'm probably on the on, on board with that. I have no idea what to expect out of the Aggies, and I. I'll say this. I think it's a must win for Jimbo. Um, you got Amari Daniels back there. You got Le'Veon Moss came over from the state of Louisiana last year. They're not lacking for talent. Devin A. Chain, I thought, was one of the best kept secrets in the country at the running back position last year. But Ruben Owens, um, I'll tell you this, Bobby Petrino has had some backs, man. Darren McFadden, Felix Jones, Peyton Hillis. I mean, you think you think of all the guys that he's had there. I know there's a couple I'm probably missing as well. Um, but AM and and their running back room, Drew, they they seem like they're in a solid spot. And a fullback scored in the spring game as well. Um so we talked about the power run game, right? And taking a you've fullback. Been, uh, and- you've been plugging the 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 Petrino fullback uh love story here lately. I like it. I like it. Amari Daniels, kid from Miami Central, slipped out of Florida. And I think he ran for more yards than Reuben Owens. But just like with Cedric Baxter, Reuben Owens was our number two running back. I mean, we anticipated him getting some burn, 
uh, early on in his career and in nine for 48. I mean, that's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty good, pretty good little stat line there. Hey Drew, there's a, uh, there's another back in Tuscaloosa turning some heads. Justice Haynes. Yeah. I thought we would talk about him next week after these 20 April 22nd spring games. Yeah. We was about to say, we got another, another wave. We got to get through Drew. I got to be honest, man. This to me seemed like our most like fun and, and fun but informative show that we've done in a long time. I liked it. I liked it a lot too. It was good. And guys, hopefully it doesn't matter if we liked it. Hopefully you liked it at home. And if you did like it, make sure to subscribe to the show. Apple, Spotify, like I said, leave a review. If you have a question, leave a review for the boys and we will get to them. Drew, I think we need to make time next week to to put aside a couple questions from the viewers and make sure we get to them. But if you like the show, guys, please... As Josh Pate always says, I don't know if that's actually true, but it helps with the algorithm or whatever. So um, we appreciate you guys listening. Drew, what you got? I, I just got buzzed. I totally forgot this. And uh, it's your birthday day today, Cooper. Happy birthday, bro. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. I got to be honest. Fiance and I were sitting this morning. We're having coffee. And I kind of got this blank face on. I'm 31, by the way, guys. And she says, what's wrong? And I'm like, just getting old, man. <laughs> I'm getting, you know, your 20s, you feel like you're working up to 30, right? And you're still like, I'm young. I'm young. And then you get to 30 and 30s, like, you're just, it's like a, you're 30. You're not even really thinking anything. You get to 31, go out to the golf range, your back starts hurting. You're a little bit sore. You got to stretch before everything. You can't be like it's never an athlete, but I used to be good enough of an athlete not to like get sore after like, dude. I've been down and like my hamstrings are tight. <laughs> like I called you yesterday, and you're you're on a run, so you're 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 different. You do CrossFit, you stay limber. I don't. I like to I like to get out there, play pickup, not stretching. Got to stretch all, all those things. I so meticulous. I don't like it, but you need it. You know, you get older, you get a little bit wiser. Anyway, thanks for the birthday wishes, man. Going to a nice, uh, nice Italian spot. Okay, that's that was my follow up. La Fresca, downtown Birmingham. <laughs> shout shout out Magic City one time. Hopefully, we don't have any gas leaks or whatever is going on in Florida right now. Nope, nope, nope. All right, let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, guys, we appreciate you listening to the show for Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivins, for producer Lance Glenn. I'm Birthday Boy, Cooper Sagan. We'll see you tomorrow.